When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, and we're back. We're part two of the Oscar episode. Guys, thanks for uh, checking out part two. Thanks for being here. Yeah, this part's longer, better. As you guys know, we're currently talking about Oscar's journey through the Formula series. Absolutely love this episode. Um, know that part two is amazing, and we hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, there's some some seriously spicy stuff in this part two, I must admit. So guys, strap in. And don't forget the five-star rating at the end. Yeah, don't forget that. So then you drop, well, not drop, you go up to Formula 3. Mm-hmm. Is that when you join Prema? Yeah, yeah, F3. My first question about Formula 3 is... You have got a load of tweets that crap me up about DRS. Yeah. <laughs> and I need an explanation of what happened with your DRS in Formula 3. So, um, yeah, that was... I mean, that year was was a bit up and down, but that was kind of like the main problem of the year. So, for the first... Uh, I think... So, it was nine rounds that year in 11 weekends. So, it was, we had three triple headers with a week off in between. So, okay. it was really a really quick season oh wow um with with COVID obviously yeah yeah um and for the first six rounds I had DRS problems every weekend um so I think Austria we I think we I think the first time it happened we counted and like on one of the one of my qualifying laps I think it was but my DRS opened and closed it was like 35 times throughout the lap (laughs) so it was kind of just going down the straight like (laughs) like that and so I, I shouldn't laugh really, but I, you won the championship. Yeah, so I know, but we can laugh about it now. <laughs> we can laugh about it now, yeah. But at, at the time, I, you know, and it, it became such a regular thing that I was just like, if I, you know, like, firstly, I kind of wanted people to know that, you know, I was dealing with these problems because, you know, I didn't want people to think, you know, if I'm having a bad race, you know, he's just shit. Like I had <laughs> more, sometimes I was just shit and I'm happy to say that. But, but, you know, for those first sort of, that first sort of half a season, there was, there was some DRS problems. So it made overtaking a bit more tricky the than it needed to be. Dear DRS, yeah, yeah. please come back. Yeah, so I saying. was like, you know, how can I make this lighthearted and funny um, and sort of take the piss out of it, really. So that's where that all came from. And then they they blew up uh, after that and sort of the problems kept continuing. And I think there was one in like Silverstone where my DRS st- started working finally and, and, you know, didn't have any issues. And then the the next weekend we had some other major problem that basically meant my car, my whole car was shutting off. So it wasn't even the DRS that was shutting <laughs> oh off God. now. So I, I think I put out a tweet saying like, DRS is finally solved, like our relationship is on the mend. <laughs> and then the next weekend, my car shuts down. Like in practice, it shut down on the outlap. I did 
one lap in qualifying and then it shut down coming to the grid for race one it it shut down and i like basically oh, rolled onto man. the grid with no power um so i think i put out of a put out a tweet saying like dear dear drs i see you've told the rest of my car to stop working as well <laughs> dick move so <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so that was a major jinx like that one was was pretty popular i think that got a lot of coverage um but yeah they were funny problems to have but i'm glad i can laugh about them now and not go you know that cost me a championship or something yeah that Mate, was, uh, fair play to you for, for turning it into a joke because mm. it must be so frustrating that you're out there and you're doing the best that you can to win mm. and something else is letting you down which is out of your control yeah, and like it wasn't through a lack of trying that it, it kept coming back. Like Prema turned that car freaking inside out. Like the only thing we didn't do was change the, the chassis. Like we changed the ECU a few times, all the looms in the car, the radio. Ev- like we changed everything in that car except for the actual chassis. Um, and I think the what radio. Yeah, it, it was. Oh yeah, obviously what? the, the ra- radio. It was. Um, oh, I just. I, <laughs> I thought you meant radio. No, 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 wrong station. Yeah, it's the podcast. Yeah, so we. I think the problem was something to do with like the ECU was was shorting out the um, the radio or something like that, I and hate then it when that happens, just it, just explain it, ECU <laughs> for. So basically, like the. <laughs> Jesus. Electro combustion unit. No, no, no. Oh, Jesus. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's not just us. It's not just us. It's uh, this is really bad, and I should really know this, but I want to say it's engine control unit or something like that. Yeah. Right. Anyway, it's like a, it. We'll cut it. It does wrong. the software for the engine and stuff. Got it. And and all the electrical stuff. And basically, that was shorting out something. So my long story short, the FIA like have the 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 beacons for the drs like the timing loops in the track yeah so it knows when you're in the zone and my car was basically dropping in and out of those beacons so my car like my whole car was i think disappearing from the fia's system um so that's why it kept opening and closing because it kept dropping in and out um that's not ideal no it was was not ideal and after six rounds yeah i yeah wanted to chop my drs in half but <laughs> anyway it was uh it's nice to laugh about it now what's it like racing against granny joe because we just did a podcast with him in switzerland mm-hmm. everyone knows it by now yeah um you guys were battling a lot last year from what i watched on youtube anyway yeah we i think the the probably the most famous one is bahrain there was me joe and um christian lungard so all three of the alpine academy guys and on the first weekend so i think mia who was the di- academy director at the time was you know almost about to have a heart attack um <laughs> but no it was was good racing joe you know you always knew what you, what you were going to get with joe he never did anything unexpected um and you know he was was hard but fair um i, I don't know if we actually had that many battles but you know especially in qualifying we were, i think we we're always i think we we're probably the two highest average qualifying oh, positions wow. for the year so we were always sort of close to each other on the on the feature race grids but um i don't actually know if we had that many many on-track battles no, I mean, watched, we i only watched like clip. two or three we had bahrain where there's like the three of us coming into turn one so that's yeah. that's the most well-known one but yeah, we were always kind of near each other on track, but never actually had that many battles, you, I would say. Are you excited to race against him again? Are you guys friends? Like, Yeah, I still get on, on well with Joe. Obviously, we were in the academy together as well mm. last year, so we got to know each other um, a bit better. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to racing, but I'm looking forward to racing everyone. Um, you know, 
I'd like to be able to say I'm, I'm hopefully looking forward to racing nobody and just clearing out the All front. All the way but, down the but, front, yeah. You know, I think obviously <laughs> that's not going to be the case. So, uh, yeah. I need to jump to a question quick because I've got so much I want to talk about. We're going to forget about it. Mm. I've been asked to ask you whether you cut your nails yet. Yeah, I know exactly who this is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they look cut to me. They're, they're, I don't know. They look quite long to me. They're a little bit long. Yeah. So that was like, yeah, Angel. It's it's from Prema. So I'm assuming it's from Angelina. <laughs> it's from Angelina. <laughs> from Angelina yeah. She's amazing, by the way. Yeah, she is. Mm. Yeah, she is really really good. Um, but yeah, her basically my nails grow very fast, and I'm also a bit lazy at cutting them. Um, so it wasn't uncommon for me to turn up at a race and just have, you know, these really long nails. Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. And it got it, it pretty much. And it got to the, it got to the point where like is every that, time I turn up. reach on the DRS. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Genius. Exactly. Like everything. Yeah. So, uh, it got to the point where I would go, cause I was with Prima for two years. So Angelina dealt with, had to deal with me for two years. Um, so it was getting to the point where like I'd turn up at the track on a Thursday or whenever it was. And like the first thing that Angelina would do was like say hi and then just grab my hands and look at my <laughs> nails to see if they were cut or not. And by the end of the two years at Prema, I got the gist of things and, you know, cut them once. I actually like had conscious thoughts on like the Wednesday before the race uh, because I, I don't really like the feeling of freshly cut nails. I don't know why. So whenever the race weekend started, I was like, okay, I've got to, I, I can't cut them now. Like it's going to feel weird. It's going to throw the, you off. The... It's going to feel weird in the gloves, and yeah. I don't know. Probably a bit superstitious, but anyway. So I used to, ha- I used to have like this is how much I got reminded of it. I used to have conscious thoughts on like a Wednesday of like, shit, I better cut my nails, otherwise Angelina's going to yell at me. So I was <laughs> like, so I had to cut them. But yeah, they're, I, yeah. I mean, I haven't had her on my case for my nails this year, so maybe I, I need her back just for that. What about toenails? Toenails are okay, and you don't see them. More well, hope, hopefully, not too many people. More reaching the pedals. Right. <laughs> uh, well, no, because it's a funny story. Some people actually have feet that are too big for the for the chassis. Right. So I've got a friend who has reasonably big feet. I think I think it was um, it was George Russell as well when he debuted for Mercedes. He yeah. was he was the first person that came to my mind. Yeah, he, he had so to wear a, sh- a shoe size smaller because the tops of his feet were hitting the top of the 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 tub wow um what size are your feet mm, i think like nine or something oh and like that's that. all right i oh, will be fine then yeah just but, practicing for when we're yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like i think if you're like more than 11 or 12 oh, it's, no. then you're in in a bit of trouble um so yeah toenail having long toenails is not good also puts holes in the nomex socks which i I mean, the fact that I know that probably says a lot. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, having long toenails is not good. Also more weight. More weight, yeah. More, more downforce. <laughs> what are we even talking about? I, I don't know. Oh, let's I don't get know. off toenails <laughs> as quick as we can. But yeah, what was... Um, the Premier team seemed amazing. Yeah. Like, we met Robert, which is cool. You raced yeah. with Robert. He was hilarious. And we've seen oh, all Robert the videos so you yeah. did online. Yeah, but, no, that was really, really good. Like the two years I spent with Premier were... I mean, okay, it was a really, a really successful two years as well. But you know, even apart from the success, it was an awesome two years. Like, just the atmosphere and the team was was amazing. And you know, I, I had the, obviously the people in the F three team and the people in the F two team, which are a different staff, and they were all you know, firstly super professional and could give me a really fast race car. So that was yeah. nice. so I liked mm. them because of that. But also, you know, it was just just fun and you know. 
didn't take things too seriously and you know it kind of not that racing before that wasn't fun but it really reminded you of you know why you go racing and you know i think being italian and being a family run team as well helps with you know sort of the emotional side and the family Definitely. atmosphere yeah. Um, yeah i mean the way they do it clearly works yeah, like yeah. They're, they're working with young people with yeah. crazy lives that have you know such hard training and yeah. doing something so intense they have to really look after you and they clearly do yeah. an amazing job of that exactly and especially like especially in f2 like you know i think there's quite a lot of pressure on the f2 teams because they're like you know i've had engineers say it to me before they're like you know i'm probably as nervous as you driving the car because i know if something goes wrong on my end you know that could be the difference between you getting to f1 or not mm. so it's, it's like so wow true. when you put it like that so like in f2 especially because the next step is f1 like the team is under massive pressure because yeah. they're like you know if something goes wrong like a technical failure or whatever you know that it can be the the difference unfortunately so there's a lot of pressure but with prema you never you never felt that you know and you almost kind of forgot how sort of serious this this step is um and you know this is quite literally the year or the years that can decide whether i reach f1 or not so the fact that they you know the atmosphere there was able to almost distract you from that yeah was was you know helped massively i think we should definitely jump into the oh i'm literally just going to move this mic down a bit i don't want it to be in oh fair space. is that camera still rolling yeah let me just put a clap in I got that. we're getting onto the good shit now to find a gap <laughs> um okay massively yeah, awesome. Good. Awesome. yeah have a drink uh <coughs> quick sips yeah, I'll have a little word as well. You've got so many questions on our laptop. <laughs> I can right, I'm coming in with... Um, okay. I want to just talk about your F2 season a little bit because mm -hmm. we've watched the video, you know, it was a crazy season. You absolutely smashed it. It was like 13 podiums, six wins, five poles. Yeah, I, I can't remember the podiums, but... Yeah, okay, I think well, yeah, we'll just say something. memorise that, that overnight. Yeah. Well, no, I've got, because I'm getting to a question, Fabs, all right? Yeah. Five pole Burning. positions in a row, yeah. which is crazy as we see in any form of motorsport not many people can get that many poles in a row yeah i wanted to know whether you get more nervous for qualifying or the race like which one do you think takes the most energy um to be honest i think it d depends a little bit on like how you're going like for me going into qualifying it depends a little bit on like how you've gone in practice like true you know before i got my first pole position in f2 you know i didn't have any poles in f3 so it was kind of like my weaker point i would say oh, you didn't get any poles in f3 no i didn't but i you didn't still won the championship i didn't qualify in the front row in f3 wow like my, my best qualifying was my first qualifying of the year i qualified third and then i think i had one more third after that and then the rest was was lower than that were you with promo in f3 yeah Okay. Yeah, so that but that wasn't down to me. Logan Sargent had three poles in a row, so that was just me being a bit average in qualifying rather mm. than the car. But um, I think qualifying is you know you like you've got low fuel, you're on soft the softest tires, you've got one lap to to nail it more or less, or two laps to nail it. Um, you know you're pushing absolutely flat out. Yeah. So in terms of like getting things together, that's you know you know that that's the, the probably the most difficult part of the weekend and also most in, the most important like f2 was a bit strange last year with the format because we had two reverse grid races so you could mm. kind of get yourself back in but like f3 for example 
you know, you uh, start the feature race where you qualify and then it was reversed top 10, I think, for race two. So, you know, if you qualified outside the top 10, your whole weekend was was, was screwed. Um, so qualifying was, was massively important. But then if you qualify well, you go into the race and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm at the front for a reason because I've, you know, I'm, I'm fast. But then you're like, you know, this is a lot of points that could go down the drain if it goes well and I've got 19 people behind yeah. me. Whereas if you're starting like a bit further back, mm. it's kind of like, okay, you know, well, in my case anyway, it was kind of like, you know, you should be fast. You should be able to make progress through the field. So, you know, there's not really much looking back. Whereas when you're starting on pole, the only way you can look is, well, for, for you know, for other cars is, is backwards. So you kind of get into that mindset but i think qualifying especially like in, in most motorsport but especially junior single seaters and f1 like you can change your whole weekend with qualifying so i think probably there do you think you thrive when you're actually racing other people is that like what you love the most uh i think for me like the the part i enjoy enjoy most about racing is um winning <laughs> well, winning is nice but um like just knowing like that you can put everything together like there's so many elements apart from going fast in motorsport mm. like okay that's that's the main one and the one that people see but you know like there's so many elements that make you fast that you know it's not just as simple as jump in the car and drive it like you've got to be able to have a good relationship with your engineer because then he can make the car faster for you yeah. or she can make the car faster for you you know all sorts of stuff the mental side of things like you know being in the right state of mind when you jump in the car um so i think nailing all of that stuff and trying to do the best you can is is probably the part i enjoy the most and also trying to beat other people like you know i enjoy being able to compare myself against you know other people on track and um and yeah like i said try and try and beat them because you know in testing when you're testing by yourself it's kind of like, you know, I don't really know if I'm fast, if I'm slow. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. like there's a lot of uncertainty. <laughs> whereas like, especially when it comes to qualifying, that's why I think that's why qualifying's such a favorite for most drivers. It's like balls on the table, you know exactly where you stand and, and that's it. All the, you know, I think they're saying when the green flag drops, the bullshit stops. I think that's- oh, Nice, yeah, nice. That's, we'll start using that. Yeah, <laughs> I, think that's, um, I think that's where it, you know, really comes into play in, in qualifying there. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting what you said about the technical side of it because mm. I read online that I think you said if someone asked you if you weren't going to be a, an F1 driver or a racer or anything, yeah. you probably would have gone to uni to study engineering. Yeah. So is the technical side of the car something really important to you? Because there's been a lot of drivers, I think it was... Did Mark Priestley say Kimi Raikkonen? He didn't care, did he? Mm. Kimi didn't care. Kimi wasn't really interested. <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine that. But then it was like, a, I don't know if it was Fernando or someone else or Lewis was like really interested in how the car yeah. actually works. So yeah. is, is that important to you? Um, yes and no. And I think that's something that I've kind of experienced, um, like learned throughout my career so far, is that it's important to know what's going on, but yeah. not try and become the engineer yourself. Mm. Um, and that was something I learned sort of along the way and, you know, not overthink it again. Um, so knowing, I think the most important thing is knowing what you need from the car, um, and being able to tell your engineer that, um, and then, you know, he can get into all the technical details of, um, of what to change on the car. But yeah, I think it's changed a lot now, right? 
like back in the day, old fashioned wise, like the drivers would have been a lot more like maybe doing things on the car or yeah. saying that these people, like the teams you're working with, yeah. they're going to know more than you about the car. Like that's their yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. You know yeah, what I mean? You need to rely on them the exactly. and you need to be able to tell them you want that to change and yeah, know exactly. that they can do it. Exactly. You have to kind of separate both, I guess. Yeah. And I think, you know, knowing, um, you know, like say you've got a, an understeery car or like, all you really need to be able to say, in my opinion, is that the car is understeering. It's understeering in this part of the corner or whatever. I need more more front grip or more oversteer. You know, I don't need to be able to tell the engineer, you know, change the camber Take by that screw off. No, I yeah. picture you grabbing a spanner and be like, get yeah. out. <laughs> exactly. Like you know, I don't I don't need to come in and say, oh, I think we need you know an extra hole of front wing. Yeah. Um, you know, a stiffer rear anti-roll bar, half a degree. Like, I don't need to be able to say that. And I'm, like, it's just going to get confusing if I start yeah, yeah. suggesting those ideas. And, you know, ultimately that's what the engineer's job is. So, you know, I don't want to yeah. sort of take away from what his job's supposed to be. So I think, you know, I think there's varying levels. I think some people have more or less interest in the technical side of things. I like knowing the technical side of things just so I can you know, at least have some kind of understanding of what's going on. Um, and I mean, in F1, it's like a lot of it's just numbers and looking at graphs and all yeah. sorts of stuff. So having mm. an understanding of of what's going on, I think is important, but, you know, you don't need to understand it to the point where, you know, you need to start calling the shots because that's the engineer's job. And especially in F1, you've got like, not one engineer, you've got like 10 at the track and then you've got like another 10 back at the factory doing that for you yeah. i'm loving hearing him talk about f1 yeah. knowing that in five months literally it's around five months isn't it you're yeah. going to be stepping onto that grid let's just get stuck into yeah the f1. We, we've yeah. done all of the journey man yeah. but congratulations like thank you we, we me and fab were talking about it last night and like realistically that is the goal isn't it like being one of the 20 and now you know yeah. in five months time you're going to be there yeah how are you feeling right now like how has your life changed what are you doing um it's it's changed in in a few ways um you know it's obviously been a an interesting year this year with, yeah. with how things have, have played out but um you know i'm really excited to be on the grid and like you said you know i think i think for me it wasn't really a, a goal to reach f1 it was more of a dream to reach f1 true it was more kind of when i got to the back end of f2 where i was like okay this dream is not such a dream anymore it's you know i can actually there's a chance I can do this. Mate, it's, it's actually giving me goosebumps. Know, so, it's crazy. So knowing that that's happening in, in five months or, you know, like you said, is really, really cool. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think it's to know that I'm one of 20 drivers in the world that, that does this as a job. And, you know, I say job, you know, pretty loosely because <laughs> I mean, driving an F1 car is not a job. It's freaking <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's amazing. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and getting stuck into into racing again i wanted to to know if you had like a bit of a game plan for your first year like without giving anything away because i thought about it i put myself mm. in your shoes and i thought if that was me as my rookie year i'm stepping into f1 it's huge i would just play it safe i'd be like look i'm not going for no overtakes as long as i can maintain track position and i don't crash we were we were basically comparing mm. what we would do if we were you yeah <laughs> but like you've had this streak of like winning in your rookie year mm. so are you gonna try and go for, for that like in your first um, year well I, I think you know being with mclaren i mean i hope we've got a strong car next year but you know realistically we're probably not gonna have a car that can can fight for wins yeah i, I hope i hope that's not the case i hope we can but 
Maybe um, they're just waiting for that that star driver, you know. We'll, we'll wait and see. Hey, there's not many people um, that have the have the credentials you do. It's true. Win, win, win. That's the thing. You deserve to be here. Like out of so many people, your position on the F1 grid is so valid. I'd like, hire you. Thank you. Yeah, you Thank could drive you. for pit stop. Do you play the F1 game? Yeah, we do. Am I in your my team in the F1 game? Uh, pardon? Am I in your my team in the F1? Oh, we game? haven't got we haven't got that. I haven't far. got my team. You haven't got that far. No, we oh, just okay. do split screen with the controller on the. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've seen the two sitting in there. Yeah? Yeah. We play split screen okay, here on the okay. controller. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna have a go at you because you know do you know what my oh, team no is? Idea. No idea. So there's like career mode, but you can make like you can make your own team in oh. career mode, and you can hire me as a driver. So I was I was gonna. I was going to fact check you on... Oh. Yeah, well, you've seen it, we might hire you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Um, but, yeah, no, it's been it's been really cool. And I think, you know, the journey's been good. So, thank you for your nice words. No worries. Um, but, yeah, I think well, the game plan for next year, um, you know, I, I think, obviously, it's going to be a massive, massive challenge. And I'm not you know, underestimating that at all. It's going to be a big jump to F1 and... Um, you know, Lando's obviously going to be a, a strong teammate as well, and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to, to trying to learn from him as much as I can. Um, and also, you know, I think coming from from a year out of racing, it's probably going to take a couple of races to mm-hmm. get back into that. Or well, I hope not. Hopefully, it takes a couple of laps to get back into yeah, into that first sort of lap. Absolutely, set track record. Yeah. We're going to be sat here at home on the sofa every time you're out there. Biggest fans are in. We'll oh, we're we're, we're, un- we're unbiased, right? We can't be biased with the yeah. job that we do. We support everyone, but like you, yeah. you're going to be on. Yeah, the now. fact you've come Thank here, you. we're going to go mad. Thank you. Thank you. We However, have a we big poster of you on the wall. <laughs> 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 However, we want to go to a lot of the races next year. We'll probably be at quite a lot of them. Yeah, yeah okay. we'll probably so be on your, on your private jet yeah, as well. Good. On your private jet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you've got to ask, haven't you? Can we? You think that, mate? We'll see. We'll see. That's the best way to answer that. Yeah, it's flying round five months away. I wanted to know, have you watched Drive Survive? Um, I, I've watched a little bit of it. Ooh. I think I watched the first season of it, but I haven't really actually watched the, the, the last season. I didn't really watch that much. Fair. I just wondered like how, because F2, we were watching it and obviously it's getting a bigger following now. And F2 is amazing, by the mm. way. I love it. Like, mm. I wish they did more to make it bigger because some of the races in that are just as yeah. good, if not there's better. That, there's that new YouTube series about it. Yeah, there is. Where yeah. They follow. That's cool. And like, but obviously there's a smaller crowd at F2. There's smaller yeah. media coverage. Yeah. How are you adjusting now or like getting ready for the fact that, you know, from race day one, realistically, the mm. Drive Survive cameras are going to be all over you. It's They are. Like, it's going to be one of the one of the biggest stories you're going to be sat there in that black room going yeah. I'm Oscar Piastri and yeah. I drive for McLaren like you know what I mean how well, if you feel? I guess it's or if you want to done that I don't know. yeah, yeah. Uh, well I, I assume I would you know I think Drive to Survive has been a, a massive success story for, for F1 and you know it's brought in so many new fans so much more attention to the sport I think it's think it's great so mm. you know, I think I will be in, in Drive to Survive unless other people say otherwise but mm. um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it you know even this year you know there's been um, that that was sort of, you know, knowing that I wasn't going to be racing that year, this year. That was one of my, I guess, kind of things I wanted to experience and get used to was like the media side of things, and how busy that side of things is. So like when I went to Australia, for example, um, uh, you know, like that was 
crazy for the grand prix there like and i wasn't even racing like you know mm. i think one i think one of the days it took me so in in the melbourne grand prix they have a it's called the melbourne walk where all the fans stand and it's, it's basically a, the walkway from the car park to the the paddock entrance i think one of the mornings it took me like 40 minutes and <laughs> wow. it's like it's like 200 meters long or not even <laughs> mate imagine your home race next year uh, i know so mm. that was like that was crazy last year um and just getting used to all of that stuff like that's sort of been something we've actively tried to get used to this year and, and you know because obviously I, I can't take anything from on track because i'm not on track um, well, I can I can listen to Fernando and Esteban, but that's sort of the extent of what I can do. That was the main question that I had for you. Um, not to put too much pressure on you, but I'm sure that you you know it already. You got a, you've got a big following mm. already, but stepping into F1, it's like the world stage for motorsport. Yeah. You're gonna be a celebrity. Like yeah. you, you we are, already you are, are, but like, yeah. like you're gonna be top, you're gonna be top tier, people. man. Like with with Drive Survive, everything else, these guys are like mega celebs now, and like you're you're literally about to start that journey of your yeah. life how how does that feel like do you ever think about it or do you just think about the racing um I, I haven't thought about it that much but i think like like i was saying since i've been announced i haven't really done that much like, i haven't been to any really races experienced it in person maybe yeah so it's a little bit um uh, a bit of an unknown at the moment mm. but yeah i would imagine it's going to be be pretty nuts like you know have a few people here and there like recognize me in the street or at the shopping center or, or whatever Guys, so i've it's got it a, a little bit crazier. already um but i think yeah next year it's probably going to be another level on top of that which I'm, I'm sure will be cool in some scenarios and probably you know a little bit more annoying at some point but yeah, at, yeah, at the end of sure. the, at the end of the day you know like the fans are what really allows us to go racing you know if, if none of the fans turned up for the races then there, there wouldn't be any any yeah. motorsport there wouldn't be any sport in general mm. um so you know i think you've got to be very grateful to, to all the fans and you know at, at the end of the day it's a it's a sport but it's also an entertainment business as well so you know where you know I, okay f1's a lot of things it's a sport it's an entertainment business it's a it's an actual you know it's business for the manufacturers as well yep, yep. so it's all sorts of stuff but um you know i think the, the show is something that that netflix and drive to survive has really enhanced and i think it's brought in a lot more attention which has been good have you thought about um we know you have your helmet and yes. it's like red yellow and blue yeah and there's like a story behind that in it where it was just something did, how did you get that helmet uh so the uh, basically i i had a white helmet in karting and i was planning on getting a painted one at some point um and was like starting to design it and stuff and then i had a crash where i flipped over and basically destroyed that helmet so i needed oh, i, I need, haven't seen that yeah i don't i don't know if the video's on youtube this is in karting right yeah in karting oh, um shit. so this was ages ago this was I think 2014 this was or 2013 maybe um so that was quite early on but basically i was racing the next weekend and needed a helmet and i think uh, basically one of the helmet painters was importing like pre-painted helmets but like really good quality ones to australia um so i basically just picked one off the shelf which was red and blue yeah and then i think the karting team i raced for in in europe had their main colors were like blue fluoro yellow and white so i put some fluoro yellow on there and then i went to f4 with the yellow and everyone was kind of like well you know the first thing we see on your helmet is the yellow so that's, that's kind your of thing a, that's yeah. kind of your thing now 
obviously a little bit awkward with Lando next year because his helmet is very yellow. Oh, so yeah. Are you going to use the same helmet then or have you planned a new one for next year? Um, uh, it's in the works at the moment. Like, I mean, there will be some yellow on there still. Um, I mean, I think it'll be pretty similar to what I've used in the past. The same sort of three colors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so going back to the story, I, I crashed, got up and then bought one off the shelf that was red and blue. And then it kind of just stuck just from stuck. there. So, yeah. Are you looking forward to racing with Lando? Yeah, I, I am. You know, he seems I, like such a cool guy. That's why like, we to lo- know. we mm. love Lando because he's like seems so in like the world we're in, like the media world, mm-hmm. and he has Quadrant yeah. and he yeah. does so much cool stuff. And there's only yeah. one year gap between you guys, which is nuts. He's only a year yeah. older than you, right? Yeah, I, I think uh, it might be. I think it's maybe a little bit more. Are you twenty? You're twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah, okay. I think he's ninety-nine. And I'm Wikipedia says twenty-two for him, but it's probably. I guess it's his birthday coming up. Or yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah. anyway, there's not that. Long, yeah, it's not that far between us, which is a bit weird when he's going to be entering i think it's his fifth year of f1 that's crazy that's crazy is that because he could start younger when he did it um because isn't there like an age thing now there is but i think that already applied when when he did it so okay like my birthday is a little bit unfortunate that like i think well it it depends on how you want to do it really like it depends how early you want to come out of go-karts like i think lando came out of go-karts basically as early as he could into f4 um, whereas for me, I think we waited another year and my birthday was like, it was like the, week, the day after the first F4 race or something. Mm. So we had to wait to the next year. Oh, got you. Got you. Um, and then I also did an, an extra year of Formula Renault compared to Lando and then obviously took the, the year out this year. So there's been a couple of extra years in there for me. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, to spending time with him and racing with him. Obviously, you know, he's, I think he's an extremely fast guy probably one of the quickest on the grid um so you know it's going to be a challenge to to beat him but you know i think it's going to be a, a good challenge and um you know i think there's going to be a lot to learn so looking forward to it i think it's super exciting because the main thing that i've learned right i don't learn a lot of stuff from watching football with you i must admit <laughs> tries to watch football with me and he asks <laughs> the, the one thing i have learned well, you call everyone ronaldinho <laughs> no i just love ronaldinho <laughs> Um, he's been watching he supports Arsenal he's been watching the Arsenal documentary that's on Amazon Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. and the thing that you've said to me the most is that Arteta has made a team full of youngsters they're all really young you have to put trust in youth and that's why their team is so good they're hungrier so this is why it's so exciting that someone that's like you and Lando together Mm -hmm. you haven't got the old guy who's like he can, I mean, obviously Lando's been racing for a long time, yeah. but you haven't got the Fernando Alonso's yeah, got, or the Kimi Raikkonen's. You've got two or, young, yeah. hungry people. Yeah, which I think is a recipe for either success or disaster, depending yeah. on you guys yeah, yeah. are fighting yeah. each other or not. Yeah, yeah no, agreed. And I think, you know, I think for me, that's, you know, been a massive draw card of, of McLaren was, you know, they, they really, really wanted me. They wanted to invest in youth. You know, they've, they've shown that through their... Um, previous years with you know people like Lando like Lewis um, mm. so you know I think it's sort of been in the team's spirit and mentality um, but yeah I think it's it's nice to have um, you know two young guys in there that can hopefully mm. you know, build the future and, and move forward with McLaren you know obviously Lando's already got quite a bit of experience yeah. under his belt um, so whilst we're similar in age, you know, our experience levels are actually going to be pretty different, I would say. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's an exciting prospect moving forward. Do you play golf? Uh, no, not yet. I've, You're going to learn, just say, uh, you and Lando and get out I, there. I, yeah, I know. I've, uh, I've, you play cricket? 
yeah, I yeah. I attempt to play cricket. I, okay. I don't know anymore. I Did used you play to. in like school and that? Yeah, I was I was okay. I played one game in the firsts at at boarding school. So like in the, the f- oh, so the best team, the best team. But that was kind of may have just been because everyone else was doing their exams in the year above and i kind of just got a pity spot in the team but that's okay i was i was okay i wasn't anything special but i haven't i haven't played since i left school because i really just don't have the time anymore but yeah, yeah. I well, like friends think. and like people from boarding school and like you know when this announcement comes out you know oscar's racing for mclaren next year you're on the grid yeah what kind of texts are on your phone like are people ringing you, going crazy? Like, what's they must it like? be so jealous. Yeah, I think when it first came out, like, yeah, the, the attention was was pretty nuts. You know, just getting text messages everywhere and and phone calls and stuff. Um, I've still got a group chat with like all the boys from boarding school that I was with. So, so that's nice. That's so nice. they were, you know, so we still talk every now and again. Are they the ones that set At, off the fire alarm, or is that you? Uh, <laughs> no, that was not me. That was, that was, that was definitely them. Um, <laughs> Did I know it was happening? Maybe, but that's, that's another story. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, they, they were all really supportive. They all said, well done, and, you know, they're excited. Or, or, you know, my family and friends back in Australia, they're excited as well. Um, so, yeah, it's been really cool to, to have their support and, um, you know, have their really reaction. really is a family effort, right? They've supported you from day one. Oh, like, 100%. It's, you know... You travel around the world, you need them. You need their help to know how to wash stuff and yeah, do stuff exactly, in your house. Exactly, you know, from, from the biggest things to, to the littlest things, you know, like, um, you know, a lot of my career was, was funded by my family and, um, and, and you know, other sponsors. Um, and, you know, obviously Alpine came in and, and helped um, at the end with, with some contribution to mm-hmm. that. Um but, you know, my family's been there from day one. Like, you know, my dad got me into remote control cars. Like when I was six, you know, got me into karting, got me into, into single seaters, um, you know, and, and even for my mum, you know, like she she allowed me to go chase my dream at, at you know, 14 years old. I think there's not too many mums in the world that would... Does she hate it? Is she- uh, I think my she, mom would. Hey, yeah. yeah, I, I, I oh mean, I God, don't know. I go on a night out, and my mum stays up until I get home because she's so worried. Let alone driving a fucking Formula One yeah. car, yeah. she would not be able to watch. Yeah, so she, you know, I think me leaving home so early was, you know, was obviously pro- pretty difficult for for her. Um, and you know, she, she, of course, she didn't really tell me that at the time because she didn't want to scare me or, yeah. you know make it seem like you know an even bigger sacrifice than than it was already um but you know they were always really supportive the, the one rule that we had was you know i still have to do school i have to finish school and i have to do reasonably well at school i have to, to pass at school i think when racing started getting better you know i think the the expectations on grades dropped a little bit but mm-hmm. um 30 percent attendance yeah it was like i think my <laughs> final year of school where my attendance was like yeah, it was like 35 or something. <laughs> I like mean, when you're 21 and you're in F1 next year, does it really matter? Yeah. Like, uh, mine was the same, but I didn't get into F1. So. Yeah, so that, <laughs> so, so, so that was, so that was the, the one rule that my family had, you know, even through karting and stuff, it was always, you know, you can go and go racing, but you've got to keep doing well mm. at school. Um, and, you know, that was the same even when I moved, you know, away from my family and I was you know, by myself at school. They, you know, they were still saying, you know, you've got to, you know, because the, like the, the the unfortunate thing and the unfortunate reality with motorsport is there's so many people that unfortunately don't make it 
in any form of motorsport. Like mm. it's, it's an expensive sport as we all know. So, you know, not, I think having some kind of backup or, you know, something on the side that you can go to is really important. And I think some people kind of don't really grasp that as much yeah. as they should. Yeah. Um, what was your backup going to be? Uh, probably going to uni. Yeah. Uh, I don't probably something to do with engineering or, or cars. Um, I never went to uni, but I only mm. wanted to go for the party to be deadly true. Yeah. I would have probably done no work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now here we are doing this. <laughs> yeah. But you, you've got an F1 driver. Well, okay. well, that's um, it. Okay. I, no, I'm not an F1 driver no, yet. No, just, almost. Just, oh, that's how we've been promoing. That's how we've been promoing. For the last week. <laughs> F1 driver. Yeah. I want to, <laughs> let's um, do one final question. You have a final question and I'll have a final question. Okay. But my final question is, is one that I think you wrote down. Okay, that's fine. You can do it. Okay. I want to ask, is it going to be the one I'm going to ask? I don't know, Maybe. you ask first. You ask I first. want to ask, how do you, I'm going to explain why I ask it first. Christian Horner did a video, but he was talking to someone and there was a video of a car going around a corner and he was explaining how the reason Christian never made it into F1 is because he was unable to do that with the car. Like unable to make his brain drop into that area where he's willing to like yeah. not be scared or whatever, mm -hmm. not worry about it. How yeah. do you, as a 21-year-old, separate, like, risk from reward? Like, yeah. how on earth do you fly around these streets and around these tracks? And we saw the videos when we were watching them getting so close to that barrier. Yeah. Like, what are you thinking? I can't imagine it. So I just wanted to yeah. hear from someone that's going to be racing an F1 next year. Like, how do you separate? I think, like, I think uh, on, a, like, a traditional track versus a street circuit, it's obviously a bit different because on a normal track especially with like how the tracks are today with a lot of runoff and stuff like mm. you've got to mess up pretty big to, to hit something basically um so that helps at a street track monaco for example obviously that's not true um but you know i think for me the the uh, the, the risk in terms of like danger has never really crossed my mind um like, there's been a few points in in your career when that happens like you know unfortunately when there's big crashes mm -hmm. like you know unfortunately with antoine hubert yeah at spa that was you know kind of really i think for a lot of people like probably the first time they've really thought you know jesus is you know you know bad stuff can still happen really yeah. um so it doesn't really cross your mind that more well, doesn't cross my mind that much for me the the more the bigger risk is like stuffing up and qualifying 10th instead of like first <laughs> yeah um so that's like more the risk versus reward that i always look at is like you know if i break a little bit too late i'm gonna lock up and miss the corner or whatever not yeah. not that i'm gonna hit a wall or something but monaco for example <clears> it's <throat> it's a very different story because you know you turn in a little bit too early a little bit too late or whatever you push a little bit too hard and yeah you are in a wall very quickly and very mm. hard um, so it's it's a bit different, but I think when you're on track, like I, I think if you, you know all racing drivers, you can't think about that because otherwise it's it's just going to hinder you. You, you just yeah. cannot let it get into your brain, just push it to the back of your mind, and pretty much and just yeah. focus on the race. Yeah. My question was a bit simpler. Mm -hmm. What number are you racing with next year? Um, so it's I hope 81. Um, well, I don't know if we can actually lodge the number yet okay to the fia we will bleep that yeah, yeah but we, we, but we know it. we know 
yeah, good I mean, number, great number. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I've I've kind of already said it before, and okay. like it, yeah. it's a number I've used in my career earlier. Anyway, it was on yeah. your go kart, no? It was on my go kart, yes. Um, Come on, one. <laughs> it. So that that's the number I'm planning on going with. I think it's a pretty like rare number. Like I don't see I've, that many. I've not seen it. Yeah, I don't see many people racing. And with, if you spin it round, it's a legal age for alcohol in the UK as well. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a exactly. great one to be fair. So um, <laughs> so that's the number I'm planning on racing with. Um, but yeah, un, you know, unless someone nabs it, which. I don't think anyone would have will. to be a prick to nab that. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's a pretty unique number. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, of the rookies coming in next year, I I don't know if there's. Uh, I'd be very surprised if any. Well, you of them said rookies it. with an S. Yeah. Well, I know of one rookie that's coming, obviously, with, with Nick, but Nick. I think. Sounds oh, like yeah. you might know of a few I, more. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't actually want to get it out of you. Like, even if you do know, you don't have to say, but just out of curiosity. Is there anyone on the current F2 grid from last season that you would look at that you would say, like, they deserve a seat, that you think they're good enough? Uh, as in from the year that I raced in? No, from last year. From you, the, from this, this year, year, sorry. Ah, from this year. Uh, I because we, there's no one from F2 coming up, is there? Well, I think there's a chance at Williams. Yeah, there is definitely an open seat there. We'll yeah. just all have to wait and see. Yeah, so... That's why I said rookies because mm. that one, you know, there's obviously a lot of speculation about that. But this guy knows stuff. Pin uh, him down. I, well, <laughs> the, the I only, can't wait till these cameras are off. Turn the cameras <laughs> off. The, the only thing I do know with that, and yeah, I don't know. No, if we, tell us after it. Yeah, yeah. Tell us after it. Um, so yeah, there there could be, you know, more than two rookies. It's it's a possibility. There's obviously. Ooh. We have an inkling. There's an open seat at Williams and an open seat at Haas. So. Oh, that has got the people Could excited. Confirmed at Haas. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar, Killing me. thank you very much for joining us on the Pit Stop Podcast. We are now going to put you through the first ever fastest lap of the, the Pit, Pit Stop, Stop Podcast. Lap. We are going to give you three laps on our simulator around Austria. Me and Fab have got our times here. So we're going to do your lap and then we'll come sit you back down. We'll put my time up, put Fab's time up and we'll see where you come in. Yeah. Okay. But Sounds good. Let's just quickly do the outro. I think for you're going to win, by the way. <laughs> because thank you so much for coming on the show. No worries. Thank you for taking the time driving down here. You know, being our first F1 driver. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's a it's a it's a big moment for us. I don't know if we come across like it was or not, but it is a big moment to have a driver like yourself in our flat on our sofa. Can't wait to continue our relationship. See you at the races. Fly yeah. on your private jet. The rest of it. We can't wait for it, mate. So thanks for being it. Yeah, no, best of luck you. for next year. Fully deserved, man. Thank right you. behind you. Everyone is. Yeah. Cheers. Let's thanks see what you can me. do on the sim, though. Because if you're shit, then. I oh, know this. The sim's a big <laughs> test, isn't it? I'll be calling Let's McLaren and saying, "You made a mistake." <laughs> if you enjoyed the podcast, please rate it five stars. Make sure you hit the follow button, and we'll see you guys in our next episode. Goodbye. Bye bye. Spirit Studios.